Hey, what's up, Cowboys Nation? This is John Williams. You are listening to Inside the Cowboys, and I'm your host. Uh, make sure you go to Twitter. Follow me over there, at John9Williams. Uh, make sure you go to InsideTheStar.com to check out my work this week. I got a piece on Daniel Jones and uh, just what he's kind of his, his first start against the Dallas Cowboys and kind of what that means uh, for that rivalry. I also have a piece coming up this week on Leonard Williams. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to face him for the second time this season after they saw him in week six against the New York Jets. Uh, so make sure you go over there and check those out. Uh, you can also like the Inside the Cowboys uh, Facebook page where you can get you know the, the podcast and the other Inside or other Cowboys news um, over there. Uh, but yeah, make sure you go to those social media sites and check us out. Follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you download and subscribe. Give us a rating every once in a while. It really helps us grow the show. Appreciate every one of you that listens uh, week in and week out. You guys are the rock stars. That Thank you very much. We'll look to continue to have more guests as we go along. Uh, definitely appreciated the people who've, who've jumped on with us in you know, the last few months. Uh, and We'll have more of that coming up. Uh, in this episode of, of Inside the Cowboys, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Jamal Adams, the trade that didn't go down. You know, the Dallas Cowboys were really kind of in heavy, heavy pursuit of Jamal Adams, looking to upgrade the safety position. You know, it's just a trade that, if you look at you know some reports, it was a trade that was really, really close to being made. If you look at other reports, it was a trade that wasn't really going to get made. And so it's really hard to know exactly where they were on that. You know, from an outside perspective just kind of looking at all the information. I just feel like the New York Jets really weren't looking to trade Jamal Adams. Um, you know, it's going to be one of those things where if they got the phone call from Jerry Jones and they set their asking price at, you know, two first round picks um, and a, and a mid round pick and Jerry Jones was like, all right, I'll do it. Then maybe they would have pulled the trigger on it. Um, or even if it, you know, they set their asking price at the reported one first round pick and two second round picks and a team was willing to pay that, then maybe they were going to do it. But I think they set that price so high knowing that it would kind of scare some teams off. They weren't really willing to trade Jamal Adams. You know, I, I don't have a ton of experience in uh, these kind of negotiations, but um, you know, if you ever played fantasy football and you kind of go and you inquire about a player on another team, especially in a dynasty league and you say, Hey, are you willing to deal so-and-so? They say, yeah, I'll listen to some offers. Um, and you, you know, you kind of take an offer to him like, nah, that's not, not, that's not enough. And then you take another offer and that's not enough. And then you say, Hey, well, what would you, what would you want for him? And they send you the, you know, this back or they send you back this incredibly ridiculous high price, um, that is a, a big overpay. And you're like, no way, I'm not going to pay that. Well, that's kind of what I feel like Jamal Adams or the New York Jets were doing with Jamal Adams. They didn't really want to move on from the player. They think he's one of their cornerstone players. Um, you know, he's been a, a Pro Bowl player. If you watch the New York Jets or the Dallas Cowboys play the New York Jets in Week Six, you saw a guy that really had his had his best game of the season and made a lot of impact plays um, for the Jets in that game. And so I think um, you know they they see him as a, a part of their future and their their rebuilding team. Um, and so I don't really see that they were negotiating necessarily in good faith with the Dallas Cowboys to kind of make a deal. Because, you know, you look at what the Dallas Cowboys paid for Amari Cooper a year ago. That's a player with, you know, two Pro Bowl seasons. He had 3,000-yard seasons under his belt. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys made that move. Or he had 2,000-yard seasons under his belt. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys sent a first-round draft pick for Amari Cooper. And if you look at positional value, you'd argue it's easy to argue that the wide receiver position is more valuable than a safety position. 
uh, whether you look at the analytics or you look at just straight cap dollars, um, you know, we're seeing wide receivers getting paid, you know, the top wide receivers getting paid, you know, 18, 19, $20 million a year, where, you know, the top safeties are, are making closer to you know, 13, 14, $15 million a year. And so there's a big difference in what teams are willing to pay for one of the top wide receivers versus one of the top safeties. Um, and so when I kind of look at it, you take a step back, you, you look at the negotiation as a whole, you look at what players have gone for in the past. And it's hard to, it's hard to say that, you know, the Dallas Cowboys didn't make a smart decision by not, you know, making a, uh, a trade where they have to send one first round pick and two second round picks. I mean, that's a high price to pay. And sure, you can look at you know draft picks as kind of a coin flip, but with as well as the Dallas Cowboys are drafted, um, you know, if you want to argue, you know, say that maybe those those two second round picks are going to be late, and that first you know that first round pick is going to be late, um, then yeah, you know, those 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 picks take on a a, a higher chance of miss. Um, based on kind of history and things like that. But the Dallas Cowboys do hit on, you know, on picks throughout the draft, whether it's a sixth round pick like Xavier Woods or a fifth round pick and Anthony Brown or a third round pick and Michael Gallup. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have been really, really good at drafting over the years, especially in the last three years uh, since the 2016 draft. They've, they've been able to find players um, from the first round to the end of the draft that have helped them a lot, uh, you know, as a team. And, um, and so, you know, they're, they're a team that wants to build through the draft. We know this about them. Their, their team-building identity is to build through the draft, find reasonable veterans or find veterans that can come on reasonable deals, sign their own players, um, and then make, you know, we've seen them in the last year make um, strategic opportunistic trades like for Robert Quinn, Amari Cooper, Michael Bennett, um, where, you know, Amari Cooper was a first round pick and, you know, that, that was a, you know, a kind of a high price to pay, uh, definitely a worthwhile price to pay, but, you know, you send a first round pick and, you know, you're, you're taking the chance that you might not get a cornerstone player in that draft because that first round pick is supposed to be a guy that you're going to have on your team for 10 years or so, unless it's Taco Charlie. Um, and then, you know, you look at Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett, you know, they're, at most, they're, they're spending two six-round picks for both of those guys. And those are guys that are all pro, Pro Bowl players. Um, and so, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have, have been strategic and they've kind of stayed true to who they are uh, in their team-building process. Um, and so, you know, seeing them not send a first-round pick and two second-round picks for Jamal Adams is just them staying true to, the, to their identity. Uh, you know, yes, we... We would love to have Jamal Adams with a star on his helmet come Monday night. Um, he, he would be an absolute wrecking ball for the Dallas Cowboys in the secondary. I think he just brings he brings another edge, another uh, you know kind of feisty element to your defense, similar to like a Demarcus Lawrence um, or a Michael Bennett. You know, guys that play with an attitude, play with an edge. They're not about making friends on the football field. They want to go in there and they want to you know, demoralize their opponent. Um, and that's just what Jamal Adams brings. And, and unfortunate that, you know, they weren't able to come to an agreement. Um, but if things are true and the relationship is a little bit um, severed between Jamal Adams and Adam Gase and the front office of the New York Jets, then potentially there's an opportunity, you know, this offseason that the Dallas Cowboys might be able to revisit 
um, trading for Jamal Adams. And sure, that doesn't help you this year. It doesn't help you contend in 2019. But if you're able to go back and, and get a player that would have another year on his rookie deal plus his fifth-year rookie option in 2020, that's still a trade I would, I would lo- love to kind of investigate uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. And there's no telling you know what this means for the Cowboys moving forward. I think they're still a really, really good football team. Um, just by making the Michael Bennett trade, you added an, another player that can rush the passer. He can play run defense. Um, he can rush the passer from both sides of the defensive line, either defensive end spot, or he can play the three technique defensive tackle spot. I even saw, you know, with, um, with Philadelphia at times in their 4-3 alignment that they were lining him up over the center as the nose tackle, as the one technique. Uh, and so he, you know, this is a guy that plays with a lot of power. He has enough quickness, and, and he's really good on stunts. Um, and so despite not making the move for Jamal Adams, they didn't upgrade the safety position position at the trade deadline. They're still a really good football team. They're still a really good defense. And Michael Bennett makes them a better defense moving forward. I think teams are going to have a really, really hard time figuring out who to double team along the defensive line, especially in passing, in passing situations, uh, when they're able to bring in Robert Quinn, Demarcus Lawrence, and Michael Bennett on the field at the same time. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they don't make splashes all the time, but I think the Michael Bennett trade was a splash for them. And I think that significantly upgraded their defense uh, to the point where you can look at them and feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to play with any of these teams that they're going to they're going to see over the rest of the their schedule. They got 9 games left on the schedule. They got a tough 6 game stretch coming up starting with the New York Giants in MetLife Stadium in uh, uh, New Jersey. Um, but, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a team that is going to going to make things difficult for the New England Patriots. They're going to make things difficult for the Philadelphia Eagles week 16, I think is when they play them next. Uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, you know, they're going to be able to get consistent pressure with their front four and not have to rely on you know, blitzing Jalen Smith or Leighton Vander Esch. They're going to be able to rush for and be able to cover. Uh, and I think that's what they did with Michael Bennett. And so even though they didn't upgrade the safety position, the, the defensive back group and the linebackers still got better because they added Michael Bennett. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break here on Inside the Cowboys. Then we're going to come back and we're going to take a quick look at the New York Giants game. Hey, welcome back to Inside the Cowboys. Again, my name is John Williams. Uh, We're going to take a quick look at the New York Giants game coming up on Monday Night Football. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys sitting at 4-3 in in first place in the NFC East. They have a really important matchup against the New York Giants. Yes, the New York Giants are only 2-6. Yes, they haven't been playing very well this year. They've had some up and down starts with you know rookie quarterback Daniel Jones at the helm. Uh, but this is a game that they have to take seriously because they can't afford to lose it. They're tied with the Philadelphia Eagles atop, you know, in with four wins apiece. The Philadelphia Eagles have one more loss. But the Dallas Cowboys, they just can't afford to to lose a game like this that they have to win. They already lost against the Jets in a game that they should have won, um, despite that slow start. You know, they were able to get back in the game. and They had a chance at the end to tie it. Um, against the New York Giants, they have to come out quick and they have to kind of assert themselves and assert their dominance early on. Um, that's a game they have to win. Yes, it's a road game. Yes, it's a divisional opponent, which will make things more challenging. But it's a game that they have to win. They can't afford to lose this game if they want to win the NFC East and make the playoffs. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles aren't going to go away. They're going to be a tough opponent all throughout you know, the regular season. 
Um, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to pick up the pace on their wins and stack some wins together, um, starting with the New York Giants on Monday night. And if you look at the New York Giants, they've been a little bit uh, better offensively with Daniel Jones at quarterback. The thing is, though, Daniel Jones has been a bit turnover-prone. He's had eight fumbles in seven games. He's also had seven interceptions in those seven, you know, in his seven games. He's only started six games, but he's, you know, he's really struggled to protect the football. You know, I, I wrote a piece earlier this week about, you know, this is the first time since October of 2004 that the Dallas Cowboys will face a quarterback other than Eli Manning. Um, that's an incredible run by Eli Manning to to be available for that many Cowboys games. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys have kind of had their way with Eli Manning the last 13 starts. Um, Cowboys were three and, or 10 and three against Eli Manning um, and won the last five. And so this provides a, you know, presents a little bit different of a challenge uh, with Daniel Jones. But, I mean, he's been really up and down so far as a rookie. You know, he had a, a pretty good game last week against the Detroit Lions. You know, he threw for 322 yards and four touchdowns. But he also fumbled the ball twice, um, you know, against the – you know, the New England Patriots in week six, he threw three interceptions. Uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, he threw an interception. And so, you know, the um, the Giants have lost four in a row with Daniel Jones at quarterback. Um, and in that time, he's only had uh, a passer rating, a quarterback, or, or yeah, a passer rating of 78. He's taken 16 sacks. And so the Dallas Cowboys are going to have an opportunity um, to to – kind of create some splash plays against Daniel Jones. Um, you know, I looked at some of his film from the last couple weeks, and even in some of the good plays he's made, he's not super consistent with his footwork. Um, he'll he'll kind of pull out a little Aaron Rodgers on you and, and try doing some fall-away throws. Uh, relies a little bit too much on his arm, um, especially when there's pressure. Um, and he won't necessarily make the best decision. You know, he'll throw into some tight coverage. And so the Dallas Cowboys should have an opportunity to create some turnovers again this week. You know, they created four against the Philadelphia Eagles in week seven. Uh, they should be able to continue that role um, here against the New York Giants this week. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have to get some pressure on him, which means they're going to have to force the New York Giants into some you know, long second and second downs and long third downs. Um, so that they can rush the passer and just kind of get after it. Especially, you know, if they're able to get a lead early on, say, you know, get up by 10 or more points in the first half or be up by 10 points in the second half, that really should allow the Dallas Cowboys pass rush to just sit back and, and rush the passer, not have to worry about the run. Um, you know, stopping the run is going to be imperative in this game. The New York Giants, you know, with Saquon Barkley, they have one of the best running backs in the NFL. And, I've been reluctant to say that because, you know, it's hard for me to, to say after just one season that somebody's the best running back or the best player at their position. Um, but you look at what Saquon Barkley is able to do at his size. I mean, he, he brings like a LaShawn McCoy shiftiness um, in a, I don't know who you want to compare him to size-wise, but a, uh, a Leonard Fournette body. I mean, he's just that explosive, that athletic, that quick and agile. Uh, it's just amazing to see somebody with with his size do the things that he does and make um, and is able to make people miss like he's able to make miss. Sure, his size allows him to break tackles, um, but he's just as as shifty as some of the smaller backs in the NFL as well. And his speed is is, is, is ridiculous. So the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to you know they're going to have to slow down Saquon Barkley, uh, not just as a runner but also as a receiver. He's a really good receiver out of the backfield. Um, you know, they, they rely upon him to catch passes quite a bit. 
Um, and so it's going to be up to the, the linebackers and um, even Jeff Heath and Xavier Woods to, to slow him down in the passing game. Um, this season, he's already caught uh, 22 passes. He caught eight against the Detroit Lions last week uh, for 79 yards and a touchdown. And so, you know, it's, it's evident that, you know, the New York Giants want to throw him the ball. And, and when they throw him the ball, you know, he's, he's a player that's able to, to make things happen after the catch. Kind of, we look at like Ezekiel Elliott, who's a good receiver. Uh, he just isn't able really to make a lot of things happen after the catch because he doesn't necessarily have that, um, that wiggle or that shiftiness that maybe Saquon Barkley has or maybe a LaShawn McCoy had back in his prime. Um, and so, you know, Zeke, he requires on, you know, he, he relies on his physicality to break tackles and make things happen uh, after the catch. Uh, and that just hasn't been there just yet. Um, you know, and so the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to slow down Saquon Barkley. Another player they're going to have to really concern themselves with on offense is Evan Ingram. Uh, he's having a fantastic year uh, for the Giants. And he's been really difficult for, for teams to stop. At the tight end position, it, you know, it's not always easy to, to get production because teams are able to bracket you in the middle of the field. Um, but he, you know, he's, he's playing relatively well in that offense that, you know, is having a hard time getting things going week in and week out. You know, he's averaging five receptions a game for about 60 yards. He's caught three touchdown passes this season. Um, and, you know, he's going to be something that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to deal with in the middle of the field. He's a super athletic player. And the New York Giants don't really have a whole lot going for him on the outside. You know, Sterling Shepard is probably their best wide receiver on the outside, uh, but he's been banged up a lot this year. And so, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to really make sure they take care of um, Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. You know, they've got some playmakers on the outside, and like a Darius Slayton or, or Golden Tate, even at his age, Golden Tate can still be a weapon. Um, out of the slot and down the field. And so the Dallas Cowboys will have to worry about him as well. But they, the Dallas Cowboys defense is just better than the New York Giants offense. And so they should be able to win um, most of their matchups throughout the game. That doesn't mean that they'll shut them out. Uh, we know that Dallas Cowboys defense wants to play a bend-don't-break style. And you know sometimes that works and they're able to hold teams field goals or force punts. Um, but then sometimes it, they they break a little bit and you know they might give up a score here and there. You know, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to play you know, a, a pretty good game defensively to make sure they don't slow down, you know, don't get beat by a Golden Tate or a Darius Slayton. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley is obviously the the main focus uh, for the Dallas Cowboys defense, but they can't let these other guys, these peripheral kind of players, uh, beat them on the outside either. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball for the New York Giants, um, they don't really have a whole lot going. They still got Janoris Jenkins kind of playing cornerback for them on the outside, and, and he'll be somebody that probably tries to mash up with Amari Cooper quite a bit. Um, but this should be a game in which Michael Gallup can kind of get back on, get back in stride and, and, and have a productive game for him. He struggled against the New York Jets with drops. He only had three catches against the Eagles. Um, but, the, you know, that game kind of got out of hand and they didn't really need him to, to catch a lot of passes. Um, uh, on the In the front seven, you know, the, the most important players to control are going to be Christian Wilkins at and Leonard Williams at defensive tackle uh, and defensive end. Uh, Leonard Williams coming over from the New York Jets. He plays a 3-4 defensive end. Um, the Jets used him kind of in there you know, as a three technique a little bit, um, trying to penetrate the A and B gaps at times. Um, and, and he had a pretty good game against the Dallas Cowboys. He had two quarterback hits. He had 
four quarterback pressures total uh, and two run stops. Um, and, and so the Dallas Cowboys will need to play a little bit better against him this time around. Um, the, the offensive line is going to have to be able to control him a little bit better uh, so that Ezekiel Elliott can have some more running room. Um, and so Dak Prescott's not having to deal with pressure right in the middle of the pocket. Uh, you know, the, the Giants, you know, they're in a rebuild as well, uh, just like the New York Jets were um, when the Dallas Cowboys played them in week six. And most people aren't going to expect them to win this game which might make them more motivated to come out and prove people wrong. I think uh, you know, the Giants definitely have the talent to make things interesting, um, but it's a game that the Dallas Cowboys should win. You know, Dak Prescott's had really good games against the Giants, uh, especially back in week one of the season. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup were able to, to find running room against the Giants. In week one, we saw Blake Jarwin and Randall Cobb catch you know, big touchdown passes down the middle of the field. Uh, and so if the Dallas Cowboys look to exploit the middle of the field again, Dak Prescott and the offense should have some success. Uh, you know, this is a game that you look at it and from whatever angle you want to look at, it's a game the Dallas Cowboys should win. Uh, and they should be able to win it by double digits like they did in week one of the season. Uh, the New York Giants just don't have enough talent to compete with the Dallas Cowboys for 60 minutes. Like I said, they might make things interesting at times in the first half and perhaps even in the second half if the Dallas Cowboys aren't able to get off to a quick start. Um, but it's a game that the Dallas Cowboys should win. Even if it's even though it's on the road, even though it's a divisional opponent, the Dallas Cowboys should absolutely win this game. Um, you know, I, I, I would imagine it's going to be something like a 31, 34 to 14 or 17 or so. We'll say 34 to 17 win for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's another. It's going to be another chance for Dak Prescott to show off his his newfound passing ability that has really come out come out strong in the first half of the season. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys should be able to improve to five and three, uh, getting ready for their really difficult stretch of the schedule uh, coming up. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Inside the Cowboys. We appreciate you listening. Like I said at the at the top of the show, um, we wouldn't be here without you guys and and uh, and girls. And so uh, keep listening and share us with your friends. Go ahead and rate and review us on uh, wherever you get your your podcasts. Um, And we'll keep bringing you quality content. Uh, Let's get ready for Monday night and go Cowboys.